Gary Zacharias here with the Apologist Bookshelf. I just finished reading a book called Going Clear by uh, Lawrence Wright, who is a Pulitzer Prize winning writer. He wrote uh, The Looming Tower. I read that. Uh, really interesting about Al-Qaeda and the, the road to 9-11. Uh, he writes for the New Yorker magazine, written a lot of books. So this one is called Going Clear. It's a look at Scientology. Now, I just have to preface this by saying that he's not a Christian author. I mean, I, I don't know anything about him, but I don't think he's a, a Christian necessarily. He certainly doesn't write this book from the aspects of Christianity. But I thought this time, instead of uh, a Christian apologetics book, we would look at a cult and think about what a cult is and how Scientology represents kind of the <laughs> the extremes even of a cult. So everything I've read about cults suggests several characteristics. One is there's a huge desire to control the people involved in that movement of some kind. Um, there's a different kind of ultimate authority they go to not just not the bible sometimes it's the bible plus and whatever the plus is is always the real authority um, another problem is uh, they have a limited world in other words they they try to keep their people from the outside there's a lot of antagonism even involving uh, things outside of that particular belief system um, something else is where their truth lies uh, there's always something special about their truth that Nobody else has been able to figure out, and only they have a corner on it. And then, of course, the idea of salvation uh, differs from Christianity, how they're solved, uh, how they're saved. So really what we're looking at then is uh, I approached it from these points of view. I put it together as C for control, U for ultimate authority, L for limited world, T for truth, and S for salvation. It spells out cults. And so that was my way to take the material that was in Going Clear and kind of reorganizing it. So um, there's a lot to cover, so I'm going to have to make it pretty short just to give you kind of a, a flavor for what's going on here. Let me, uh, let me start with <laughs> telling you about Zinu and the Thetans. That's T-H-E-T-A-N-S. So once upon a time, here we go. Four quadrillion years ago, the universe got started. And there were these beings called Thetans, and they created the universe back then. They created all matter, space, time, and energy, but they lost track of their immortality. And then years and years went by, and 75 million years ago, there was a galactic confederacy run by a bad guy named Zenu, Z-E-N-U. And he wanted to get rid of these uh, Thetans, these individuals, and so... He tricked people to come to a center where his troops could uh, uh, paralyze them, shoot and paralyze them. And one of the ways that they tricked them to come was uh, they told him it was an income tax investigation. Oh, wow. Okay. So they took these frozen bodies that they had paralyzed, these thetans. They packed them into boxes, loaded them onto space planes. Those space planes looked a little bit like DC-8 jets. So billions of these Thetans got transported to a place called Tigiak, and that's actually Earth. And they were dropped into volcanoes and blown up with hydrogen bombs. But, hey, come on, they're immortal beings, these Thetans. So they floated around in these winds, and they eventually attached themselves to living people. They don't really have free will anymore, and there could be millions of them inside a single person. So let me just stop that story and have you scratch your head and say, 
where is this coming from? What, what is going on here? Well, this is actually one of the teachings of Scientology. So let's, let's talk about Scientology now from the book, uh, Going Clear. Why in the world would people believe something like this? Well, there are some good reasons, and we'll get to those. So let's just start with talking about how Scientology works. So the author Wright points out that there are three levels of Scientologists. First, there are people who just are curious or walking down the street or somebody hands them a brochure and they say, would you like to know about your, know more about yourself? Would you like to uh, learn about your problems and maybe how to overcome them? Well, who wouldn't? Everybody's dealing with problems. So they have a free test that they give you. It's free, right? So they don't charge you a fortune when you first start in. It's a free test. They call it the Oxford Capacity Analysis. Of course, it's got the word Oxford in there and people go, oh, okay, so this has to do with Oxford University. No, wrong, has nothing to do with any university. So they take this test and it's free. And then they're told, well, look, here are some areas that you have some problems in and Scientology could resolve them. So they steer you toward a local church or mission and you start in on courses or maybe therapy. And that therapy is called auditing. We'll talk about auditing in a few minutes. And so, it, again, it starts cheap and it's a way to overcome your problems. Well, there's a second level of Scientologist membership. This is a small number of Hollywood actors and other celebrities uh, L. Ron Hubbard, who started Scientology, was very big on getting celebrities involved. And they have celebrity centers. And so if you're a Scientologist, you can take a course there as well as uh, John Travolta and uh, uh, Cruz, Tom Cruise and others like that. And so you get this feeling, oh, great, I'll be able to go to these celebrity centers and I'll be sitting there right next to Tom Cruise. No, think again. They're not going to be there when, where you are. You're riffraff. So they will, they will be somewhere else, but you're not going to be rubbing elbows with John Travolta or uh, doing any dancing with him. All right, then there's a third level of membership in Scientology, and that's the Sea Org, short for Sea Organization. And these people have sacrificed their education and they're impoverished, and they become the church's clergy. They sign a contract for a billion years of service. Yeah, you heard that right, a billion years of service. So that's how Scientology works. So let's get to that C-U-L-T-S, control, the ultimate authority, the limited world they're involved in, truth, and salvation. So how do they keep people involved? How do all cults keep people involved? Number one, and the biggest thing is control. They control you. They control your behavior. How is that? Well, it's this thing called auditing where you sit down. It's just a form of psychotherapy. And they have this thing called an E-meter, and you hang on to some uh, wires that go to this e-meter, and it's almost like a lie detector, and, and you're asked a lot of questions, and you go down deep, 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 and the idea is to drain away any emotional consequences of some bad experience you had years ago that's in your subconscious and is ruining your life. And the idea is you get rid of these problems, they're called engrams, you get rid of these, and you become a clear, what they call a clear person. And you got rid of all the negatives in your life. And you should be able to do all sorts of wonderful things. You're going to have a great potential uh, there. But notice that's control. The, the person controls you by sitting there. And frankly, you spill your guts about a lot of different things. And they have that information. So you're always a little concerned that maybe that information is going to come out. How else do they control you? Well, they control you with the uh, information. You only are allowed to read all sorts of things that L. Ron Hubbard put out. There are tons of basic books. 
Now, here's the catch. You buy these books for thousands of dollars, but then they update them. Oh, whoops, you got to start all over and buy them again. There are CDs, some of his audio lectures and things like that. And you just have to buy and stick with L. Ron Hubbard information. Tons of it out there. They control you by your thought. How do they do that? Well, they have suppressive people. And you don't want to be a suppressive person. That means you're not thinking the right way. You've expressed maybe a concern or a little confusion or some criticism. And if you're a suppressive person, you're on a bad list and you're in trouble and other people avoid you. How else do they control you? Well, it's through emotional things. Specifically, something they call disconnecting or disconnection. If you reject, you're in... um, Scientology with your family, and if you reject it or have great concerns, they disconnect you, which means your family is not allowed to deal with you. So they suggest divorce the person who's, uh, you know, questioning um, Scientology, divorce them, get them out of your life. There are so many people today that are just in tears because they've lost their family. They've been disconnected. Then there's even financial control. Uh, they control your finances. It can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, for example, doing that auditing where you're trying to go clear, that's 800 bucks an hour. Now, that may have changed. That may be even higher now. So all of these methods are, are ways to control us if we're involved in this kind of thing. Then the U for ultimate authority. Where does the ultimate authority come from? L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. And, and frankly, people are attracted to him initially. Sounds like he had an adventurous life and he wandered the world, picked up all sorts of knowledge, and he led dangerous expeditions. He healed himself of all sorts of war injuries uh, through uh, techniques that he developed in Dianetics. So ultimate authority is Hubbard. But I'll tell you, the, the story of Elrond Hubbard is really something. He made up all sorts of stories about himself and he was in the Navy, and one naval attache said, this officer is not satisfactory for independent duty assignment. He's garrulous, tries to give impressions of his importance. The commandant of the Boston Navy Yard said he's not temperamentally suited for independent command. He was not wounded. He claimed to have been wounded uh, in the war. Not true. He said he was uh, uh, part of a shipwreck, a uh, ship sank, and he was the only survivor. Not true. He was never injured. He ended up with several wives. He was married to two women at the same time. I mean, this this ought to bother anybody to say, really, this is the our founding uh, member, the person that started this whole thing. Uh, one judge in a trial said, Hubbard has been a virtual pathological liar when it comes to his history, background, and achievements. The documents traditionally reflect, uh, by the way, they saw some uh, secret memoir of, uh, that he had, says these documents traditionally reflect his egoism, greed, avarice, lust for power, and dictate massive aggressiveness against persons who he perceives to be disloyal or hostile. Wow. And this is, this is L. Ron Hubbard. And so um, he had to run from the government for a long time, and he went to sea. Uh, for a guy who claims that this stuff will cure you and make you a wonderful person, he had palsy, his hands shook, he, had, he was hard of hearing, uh, eyesight was poor. He could hardly see his typewriter. He wore glasses and early versions of contact lenses. So he starts up his Scientology, and uh, he sails out to sea to avoid governments that are after him. And uh, eventually, he comes. He, he needs a, a center. 
someplace, and he's looking for a land base for Scientology, and he settles on Clearwater, Florida. Read about Clearwater and some of the things that have happened to that town since Scientology came there. He had a lust for money and power. In fact, one policy letter, he says, make money, make more money, make others produce so as to make money. So the church was all about money. Um, he promotes himself to admiral, retires at the rank of commodore in the 80s, and dies shortly afterwards. Claimed to be, by the way, claimed to be a nuclear physicist and a civil engineer. No, not true. So this is the man that is their authority figure. Now, every cult is going to have an authority figure, but they're usually uh, people that, once you look under the surface, have some pretty negative things going on there. So how about L, a limited world? Oh, definitely. It is very, it's not just limiting. It tells people, don't trust anybody. Don't trust anybody. And they have, they sue all the time, the outside world. They don't trust uh, doctors and psychiatrists and psychologists. Uh, they had all sorts of secret organizations that would, uh, they had something called Operation Snow White. They penetrated the IRS, Justice Department, Treasury Department, Labor Department, Federal Tra Trade Commission, Drug Enforcement Administration, foreign embassies, private companies. Uh, they went after the American Medical Association, American Psychiatric Association, the Better Business Bureau. They went into the Los Angeles IRS offices and they grabbed files of people and took those. And um, eventually... There was an FBI raid that found all of this stuff, and 11 people, including Hubbard's wife, were sentenced to jail, five years and $10,000 fines. So they limit you. They tell you it's all, a, it's, uh, they have razor wire around their compounds and all. You're isolated if you're in the Sea Organization, Sea Org. You never get to contact anybody outside of that. So it's very limiting, and, and all cults do that. They, they don't want you to contact or deal with the outside world. So there's the C for control, U, ultimate authority, L, limited world. How about T? What, where's their truth? Well, it's secret knowledge. In fact, it shares a lot with Gnosticism, the old uh, second century uh, uh, set of beliefs. There's secret knowledge. And you have to keep going up the scale, all these things that you do for Scientology, all these courses you take, and you, they keep revealing more and more. So it's limited truth. Basically, it's uh, kind of an Eastern religion in science fiction. You live more than once. It's reincarnation. And then what about the S in cults for salvation? It's very appealing. There's no doubt about it. I wrote down a few things that struck me that, that are appealing about it. It... The goal is get out of your body. You're trapped in your body. And you can do that once you get clear, right? You've got to get rid of all these engrams and you get rid of the, any of these outside things that you're, a, you're a, basically a divine person inside. And everybody likes to hear that. The idea is that flesh is bad and you'll gain this secret knowledge. And everybody likes to be part of a secret. So you're on the inside of stuff. Um, and it's all about you. So it's, a, it's all selfish oriented. Uh, think about what the devil said in uh, the beginning of uh, Genesis, you, you will be like God. I mean, that's pretty much what's going on here. And the idea is that other people are wrong, even these authority figures, you know, in the IRS or doctors or whatever, you know it and they don't know it. And you're going to restore humanity. It's, it's all very prideful kinds of things. So that should give you an idea, at least some of the background of um, Scientology. And I just wanted to end with maybe some ways that we can begin to approach 
this group in particular, and, and certainly cults in general, and one key thing for any cult would be to say, why should I believe you? Why should I trust your authority? We can trust the Bible. We can trust Christianity. We can talk about why we think Christianity is true. Uh, we should be asking them lots of questions. We certainly ought to have our testimony ready. And then there's a line that I liked a lot. It didn't come from uh, Wright's book, Going Clear, but somebody who was dabbling in Scientology was told this by a Christian. Someday, L. Ron Hubbard is going to disappoint you. When he does, call me. Isn't that good? That's such great advice because it's exactly right. Someday L. Ron Hubbard's going to disappoint you, period. When he does, call me, period. Just two short sentences. And we could say that about any cult or any group. Someday it's going to disappoint you. When it does, contact me. And then we need to be ready to share uh, with this person. And of course, the key thing of all of this is prayer. We, we need to pray. Uh, that's uh, the key to anything involving Christianity. Well, like I said, this is a little bit of a different podcast, uh, and I obviously just hurtled through information on Scientology. I do have more details if you'd like to. Feel free to contact me, gary.zacharias, gary.zacharias at gmail.com, and I'll be glad to send you more information on this, uh, Scientology. The book, again, is not a book um, for Christians, per se. It's called Going Clear. They made a, a video of it as well, a documentary. The language gets a little coarse in there at times. Uh, you might take a look at Leah Remini, R-E-M-I-N-I. She had a series uh, called Scientology, The Aftermath, because she was involved with it. And she talks about what it was like for her. But more than that, she brings in all sorts of people who are high up, in Scientology, spent years in it, spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, in some cases millions, and tells what, uh, has them talk about what it was like to be in Scientology, what the appeal was, and then what drove them away from Scientology. And it's, it's powerful. It's a really interesting to watch. Again, it's not a Christian uh, series, and so you're going to get some language and things like that in there, but extremely powerful. Okay, well, thanks. Let's do another podcast soon.